0: all right what is going on everybody welcome back to another day of saber sims dfs office hours and today we are bringing you a special episode yesterday we ended the show by saying i hope somebody wins the millie that way we can shout them on (laughs) shout them out on stream and our very own max steinberg went ahead and took down the millie for us max how are you feeling
1: you know, obviously pretty happy like right before we out the skull. You're like, how are you doing? It's like, well, pretty good. I thought you are pretty good. So yeah, easiest answer you could have yeah, thought of. Very happy. Um, this has never happened to me. I've been playing Daily Fantasy for about eight years, um, and I've never won a tournament this big or gotten even close, so it's pretty exciting and uh yeah well hold on let me stop you
0: right there i'm not gonna let you get away with saying you've never gotten this close after your second place in the milli um, (laughs) last weeks or two weeks ago's main slate you're on a heater let's not downplay it for those of you who don't know max max is a high-stakes dfs pro like he said been in the game eight years partner at sabersim just always showing out so Max, I know you wanted to come on today and talk about your process and just kind of answer any questions that people in the community had. So I'm gonna hand it over to you and I'll chime in and ask questions along the way.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna share my screen and bear with me while I do this. So am I sharing?
0: Uh, yes, let's just throw yeah. that
1: up here. Okay, so just wanted to go over my process real quick and, and really, I say real quick because this process actually is very quick um, and it didn't take me much time. I did this uh, basically right before lock after the inactives came out. And I just want to talk about how I think about doing showdown and and what I do basically. So usually what I'm doing is I'm not adjusting projections at all. Um, And that's because I want to keep the integrity of the simulations when I'm building lineups. You know, when we have these build settings for Showdown, um, we have these settings because this is going to, every time we build a lineup, it's going to use an individual sim. And so those are the exact types of lineups that you want in Showdown. And so I really want to sort of keep that integrity. But that being said, what I did first was ran a build. And there's a couple guys that were on my radar that I wanted to make sure that they were just present in some li- enough lineups so I could get them and there's two guys who i kind of liked one was diami brown um obviously he didn't play a lot last week but had a big game but he ran really deep routes i think he's a talented player i'm a washington fan and so he's someone i wanted to boost a little bit just to make sure he got into some of my lineups and then this guy Velis jones who is this chicago rookie um This is actually a perfect example of a way you can sort of add value to our projections is basically, you know, I was looking on Twitter and I saw someone talking about how the coach of the Bears wanted to incorporate this guy more into the offense. He's a rookie. And so I thought, okay, I want to make sure that he gets into a few lineups. But that's basically all I did projection wise. So just to preface this, I also am a beta tester of our new pro plan, which is going to come out soon. So usually you have a limit of making 1,500 lineups, but I actually made 2,000. So not much more than anyone can make. And if you subscribe to the pro plan, which comes out soon, you can make up to 5,000, which is great, but I just did two. And basically here was my build. And something that you're going to notice is if, you sort this by salary, you're gonna see that my max salary lineup is 48,400, okay? But my build settings, do not say that, my build settings have the max salary, 50,000. The reason, again, is because I really want to keep the integrity of the build process. So we are just, I am just getting lineups that are actual SIM optimals. And so then what I'm actually doing is I'm just, Sorting by salary, looking at my lineups. When this happened, there was a 50,000 salary lineup was my max. And I just start trashing them. And I just trash them and trash them. So, so you, you trashed yeah. almost 700 lineups? Yeah, I trashed them with 700 lineups. <laughs> that I got, and this is what I do every showdown, right, is I, I do this. And hopefully, uh, Matt, if you're watching, I'd love to add the feature where I can just do this without having to spend like a few minutes doing this. (laughs) Yeah, this is going in as a uh, feature request. You do what you got to do. But so what that does now is now my pool of lineups again is still just a bunch of sim optimals. But now I'm making sure I'm sort of helping ensure that a lot of my lineups are not duplicated because I'm leaving a lot of salary on the table. And that's a huge factor in whether a lineup's gonna be duplicated or not. Um and so I think um you were telling me I'd like 50, like a third of my lineups were were uniques, which is pretty good. Right, um, right. You had
0: 47 yeah. uniques out of 150.
1: Right. Which actually this was kind of a slate. You know, if you play around with building lineups, it, it was a slate where there weren't that many hel- high salary players. So that actually says to me that in general, that might be a little too aggressive, right? You could do something like 49,000 or something like that, or you don't have to do that at all, right? Is, you know, you can try to eliminate lineups that are high salary, but also high own, right? Or high geometric mean ownership, anything like that. But it so seems like a very slate dependent right, problem. Right, exactly. I think it, it there's some value in sort of playing around and just seeing... What people are going to build and how easily they can get to that build, and sort of base on how much salary you want to leave off the table from there. And so, then something which I think is something that is going to be added very soon, but and it is not pro plan specific, is what Matt and Andy are telling me, but you can actually sort by percentiles. And so, when I'm on main slate, I always say it sort by saver score, but on showdowns, I think. There, I sort of like debate what I should actually sort by because Sabre score is sort of going to show me what the upside of the lineup was in a single sim or it, it's my understanding. And Matt could correct me if I'm wrong. Um, something I might ask him about. But 95th percentile is going to just do more overall do the players in this lineup have high upside. So it is sorted by that. Now, um, I actually looked, at this build um, later, because I was like, okay, what was the rank of my lineup? And if you go down, it was kind of like over halfway down. I think um, it was ranked ten fifty five. Uh, so, it was this lineup was the lineup that won? And if you sort by saber score, the lineup was ranked like twelve hundred. So, it it wasn't that huge of a difference. Um, but yeah. After I do the salary thing, what I'm doing is I'm just raising exposures of players that I like. Um, I really like Justin Fields. Um, The reason I liked him is I basically listen to this free podcast every week. It's the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I think the guys on this podcast are really smart. They were saying to me, hey, Justin Fields, I think, has looked pretty good. They're basically giving me a scouting report on him. I really trust their judgment. This guy was also very, very good in college, um, and the funny thing is, is their scouting report was kind of wrong because he looked really horrible passing the ball in some ways. However, also it just seemed like he was rushing more, and I was just thinking, okay, Justin Fields, out of everyone in this game, I feel like has the most consistently high upside, so I want to get a lot of them. Right, um, Darnell Mooney, I've liked week after week. And then I'm just sort of boosting different players that I just like, just like a little bit, right? As I was already Mo- Mooney's exposure, Justin Fields, John Bates, who I liked, who was declared out like a minute after the game. That was tough. Yeah. Brian Robinson. I just, you know, when you have these guys who are only getting rush yards, a lot of people kind of stay away from them, but I think they actually have some decent upside. And then obviously I talked about Diami Brown and Bell Jones raised their exposures sorted by 95th percentile and then i just filled my entries right i had 150 entries in the uh millionaire maker like everyone saw i usually just do a unique random fill method because i just don't really have that strong of a take of whether one of my lineups is better than the other entered it in and that was it i did some research about why i like these players and but other than that, that was basically my entire process. And- uh, It sounds like the, the longest part of it was trashing the lineups. You could have yeah. done this
0: in in oh, 10 sure. to 15 minutes with some some better features, so, yeah. you know. No,
1: but I, I mean, I think that's the benefit of Sabersynth's process, right? Is I don't really have to worry about, okay, can this lineup actually happen? Because Sabersynth sort of taking care of that for me. So then basically I just get to focus on, okay, what are the individual players I like? How can I get more of them in my lineups and just give me these sim optimals that, um, have these players. And obviously like I almost certainly would have not gotten this lineup if I didn't really like Justin Fields, but I did. And I'm happy just like taking a big stand on the captain. If I really like them and taking that risk and, uh, it paid off and, and, you know, what you're
0: saying really like has a lot of remnants from when you were on a couple of weeks ago, like doing out, doing research outside of Saber Sim, incorporating that into your process, not making too many in-app adjustments. I feel like this is more like, Hey, I did exactly what I said, everybody. And, and look what happened. <laughs> right. and you already put the information out there for, for everyone to absorb. This is just an example of, of, the, the process that, that you showed us.
1: Right. And you know what? I, I mean, I will say, I think there's just a ton of different processes you can do and they can all be good, right? You don't have to have sim optimals. Like it, it helps, but a lot of people set a bunch of rules and you can do things that way. And we have the ability to do that. Um, people sort by different things. People, you know, something that I'm really excited about in the pro plan is we have this thing where, you can actually create your own metric, which we're working out. And, um, something that's cool about that is that you can sort of create your own sort of duplicate model, um, by what you think, where you can sort of say, okay, wait, you know, um, salary, and we're going to add this. So this is just blah, 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 but we actually can do this. You can do where it's like inverse salary and ownership. Um, and weight those. And that's my metric. And so you sort of can sort by what you think is going to be the lowest dupe lineup. So that's something that's probably going to cut into my process time quite a bit and and let me do some fun things. But I, I feel like you can do a lot of different things, but this is just one process. It's an easy process. And, and it's something that SaberZim helps a lot with because of the fact that we're just giving you a bunch of real actual sim optimals that we're calculating so i will say you know
0: we've been like pretty hush hush about the pro plan and all the features that it's going to bring this feels like a demo uh you know we haven't really talked about a lot of these metrics but you know we can see right now like how they're going to be valuable different ways to apply them different ways that we haven't even thought of that i'm sure other people are going to think of like cool custom metrics to do so this is like just more tools that we're giving people to be innovative and create new things in the app and just really try and hone in their process uh, the best way they see fit. So I'm really excited for the pro plan. I'm sure uh, you've obviously having success in the beta version. So I, c- I can't wait for the release.
1: Yeah. Me too. I, I, I um, <laughs> <done. Yeah. laughs> so,
0: uh, you know, Max, uh, I did have a couple questions while you were talking and sure. just like kind of talking about, you know, reacting to news and reacting to like comments and, and coaches quotes. So, you know, there was like a report that, Oh, Brian Robinson is going to start today for, for Washington. And that was kind of up in the air. It wasn't like um, based on like the way things worked out last week, he was on like a snap count. And and I saw that I noticed the projections didn't change too much. I saw you boosted your exposure to him cause you liked him, but you know, it seemed like you made some adjustments for Vilas Jones, but not really any for Brian Robinson. So, like, how do you kind of differentiate those two scenarios?
1: Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I feel like the starting thing can be a little bit, in my experience, a little bit of a red herring. Um, You know, obviously, we know Brian Robinson's going to play a lot. We also know that antonio gibson is going to play um and in fact he actually played quite a bit so um it wasn't it actually didn't make that much of a difference and as you can see i adjusted up his captain ownership a little bit um but i was mainly more thinking i just you know i like i feel like the running backs who can get the rushing touchdowns can have sort of like sneaky high upside and especially compared to their projection, which is usually pretty low. Um, So, you know, I I sort of just like didn't react to that news that much in terms of his projection, thinking I needed to raise the projection. I just thought, well, I still want to get him a little bit, so I'll just do it that way. But But as long as he's going to be in enough lineups that I don't have to like rebuild in order to do this, that i really don't want to just adjust a bunch of players projections
0: gotcha then and, and it's funny your your comment about the running backs with with like mostly just rushing yards takes me back to i think it was last year you were having like a back and forth with somebody about damian harris in like yeah. a very similar situation right so i just that just kind of popped up in my head right right
1: now. i mean it's sort of different because you know, it's definitely true compared to their projection, right? Like someone like, I mean, you would see it with a player like LeGarrette Blount on the Patriots um, a few years ago where it was like his projection is like four or something <laughs> or five, but like he can have like a 20-point game. Like he'd have like a huge game, whereas other five-point projected players, that just is not possible. So I, I do think those type of players can have sneaky high upside compared to their projection. Now, like Christian McCaffrey, who's like a great pass catcher is obviously going to have like higher total upside because he right. can get it both ways. But, um, yeah, I think these players, you that was a <laughs> good to remember. Yeah. that <laughs> Upside. Some people don't, but yeah, right. I yeah.
0: Oh man, that's awesome. Um, is there any, any other things that you wanted to touch on from this
1: build? No, I don't think so. I mean, I really didn't do anything that special. I mean, I just want to emphasize, like, this is what I actually did. This is my actual process. And, uh, you know, it worked out. A lot of times it doesn't. I play showdowns a lot. It, it doesn't work out. So I keep that in mind, too. It really is a gamble. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well said. Uh, you know, I know that you have places to be and, and things to do. But uh, before you t- take off, I did want to tell, tell a quick story that uh, okay. i didn't i have not told you behind the scenes so everyone who's hearing it for the first time you're hearing it for the first time too so uh the way the way i found Saber Sim was i was like a low stakes poker grinder i remember watching the world series of poker back in 2015 there was this guy sharp dressed class act took fourth in the main event and uh I was like, oh, this guy is like solid, solid guy. So that guy was Max Steinberg. (laughs) I uh, followed him on Twitter. I kept up with him for the years to come. He got involved with SaberSim. And I was like, hmm, SaberSim, interesting. I wasn't really into DFS at the time. I kind of put SaberSim in my back pocket and just like thought about it from time to time. I finally got into DFS and I said, I know straight where I'm going. And I'm going to try out SaberSim first. I've had a lot of success with SaberSim. So, you know, Max, thanks for being my introduction to sim <laughs> and here we are today having a chat talking on the podcast. So, I know you oh, said wow. it's been 8 years for you. I think that yeah. that was like 7 years ago. So, it's been it's yeah. been quite the journey and uh happy to be here chatting with you.
1: Awesome. Wow, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: um, you know, I I hope you continue to have a big year. I know you had the 250k Win in basketball earlier in the year, yeah. Just had the no, 200k, the milli. Who yeah. knows what the rest of the year looks like for you? I hope you continue the heater. Um, so you know, we we look forward to having you back on the stream.
1: Okay, awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, Max, take care. All right, see ya.
0: All right, everybody. I really hope you guys enjoyed having Max on. I know I enjoyed having Max on from the story I just told you guys it's a true story and uh it's been a uh fun fun process so any anybody out there who you know wants to get into the industry wants to do this just keep grinding away day after day and put in the work and good things will happen so that that's all i can say on the topic we're gonna get back to our regularly scheduled office hours there's a lot of questions in the queue a lot of people asking things about hockey about football whatever it is so we're gonna get to it all So let me pull up my Saber Sim and we will get to the questions. So hope you guys enjoyed the sneak preview of the pro plan. It is uh, closer than ever to coming out. I promise you that we will get all of these awesome tools in everyone's hands. And I hope that you guys can have as much success with them as Max is having. (laughs) So the first question I saw was from T Bergs in Discord. It was a really good question, to be honest, with all of the features and things that we are doing as a team. And, you know, Pippin Ain't Easy had an awesome response to it. But I'm just going to read back the question. We'll read back uh, Pippin Ain't Easy's response and then go from there. So, T Bergs said, Been away a few months from DFS and SaberSim because of personal issues, but I kept my subscription active. Now I come back and everything has changed, and you guys added all these complicated options and revamped slider settings. Why SaberSim was so great. When I joined over a year ago, what attracted me was the promise that SaberSim took care of the busy work. So someone like me who has a very busy life and doesn't have time to mess around with rules and groups, I always trusted the builder and the sliders and focused on one or two very basic stack rules because I had faith that the sliders would naturally provide desirable correlations, stacks and groupings. So I could focus on editing player pool on editing pool exposures and projections on a player level. Now I feel watching these videos like Saber Sim is moving in the direction of fantasy cruncher, where if you don't tweak and set all these rules, you don't get good lineups. So Pippin ain't easy you know, responded to this in Discord. I, Pippin, you articulated it better than I could. So I'm just going to go ahead and read your response. And the response was, I'm going to put it so everyone can see it here as well. So it says, I think the short answer is that people asked for it I think the long answer is that if you don't want to use them, you don't have to. Nothing has changed with the builder other than give people more control over build constraints if they so choose. But there's nothing to say that you have to choose that. If you don't want rules, then I would say don't use rules or groups. I know some some other people like Safety went on to say, you know, agree with this statement and say these rules have changed nothing at all for my process. So I just kind of want to reiterate that fact. That you know, Pippin is right that these rules are you do not have to use them. SaberSim is still accounting for correlation, ownership fade. Our new revamped SIM diversity slider is better than ever at analyzing the SIMs and incorporating the SIM data into your process. I would say that you should feel even more confident now that you need to do less. And I think having Max just on right now and him walking through what he did yesterday to take down the million dollars, the the longest thing he did was trash lineups and everything else was small adjustments. It's a lot of the things we talk about on this stream day after day. It's trusting the Sims and the projections and making small tweaks and focusing on a couple of spots where you feel you can add value like Max listening to outside podcasts, coaches quotes about Velas Jones and making those small tweaks using some intuition and experience with the Brian Robinson situation. So you know, just to reiterate, you don't need to use the rules they're there for added control for users who want that extra level of control in their lineups, I think you should feel more comfortable than ever that knowing that the team is putting a lot of work into the Sims behind the scenes to make sure that they are better than ever. So just wanted to touch on that for everyone. I know it can look somewhat, um, Like, like if we add these new tools and new buttons, and if I don't use it, am I missing something? The answer is no, it's an add on. It's not a core feature. So try to think of it like that. But that being said, we're going to move on to the next question from Aaron. And this question says, so, why if I change the score to 56 Chicago, 3 Washington, does the sim spit out all 5 1 Washington with Chicago D and the MVP also? Shouldn't I need more than Chicago D to win? So, Aaron, it sounds like this is a FanDuel question. I have no problem hovering over to FanDuel and we will talk about a build similar to this one. So, I am going to pull up this. I was running a build a little bit ago trying to just, uh, play with this scenario so let's go ahead and walk through it we're going to put chicago to 56 points and we're going to put washington to three a complete onslaught to be honest i don't know how many sims in the in the database reflect this score it might have been a little aggressive but you know let's just kind of look at at some of these changes like right off the bat seeing a four point increase for fields 3 point increase for Montgomery. I think from a point per dollar perspective, you know, Washington, I mean, I'm sorry. The Bears get increased by about 4 points, which is half of their initial projection. So I think like point per dollar wise, you do get a little more bang for your buck with this increase to the Chicago Bears projection, but you know, before we start diving into that, let's just run some lineups at this new with these with these changes. So just a summary for everyone who doesn't know when you change a team total for a game, it's a little different than changing individual player projections. When you change projections, what happens is like, if you were to add four points to Justin Fields projections and only his projection, we take all of the SIM outcomes and add four points to his total in those SIM outcomes. Every SIM where he got 20 points, he now gets 24. Every SIM where he got 30, he gets 34, et cetera, et cetera. But when we, change the game totals what we do is we will shave sims from the pool until the mean shifts to the new values that you set so you know if you were predicting a lower scoring game overall we would discount the highest scoring sims until the mean total moves toward the new number you set so 56-3 to is a little aggressive. I don't know how many sims we have that exactly reflect those uh, values, but nevertheless, we can look and see what the sim is giving us. One thing I like to do is get rid of this status column here. That way I can see the pool uh, exposure over here on the right. So, you know, looking at our MVP, we do see that we have more – Chicago Exposure, third highest captain. We're getting to a lot of Montgomery, a lot of fields. I think one thing you can definitely do is come over here and check the stack types. So about 50% four stacks. What you can also do is you come into team stacks, and you can see which teams are being used in those four stacks. So seeing like quite a bit of like twice as much Chicago as I am, Washington, and then a lot of like – uh, three stacks of Chicago as well. So, you know, one thing to note, I, I'm I'm almost positive this is true, that when you defenses are not counted for team stacks. So, a three stack of Chicago, it like this lineup over here would be a three stack of Chicago where it's Justin Fields, Montgomery, Mooney because they're position players only those three are counted, even though you have Chicago in the D slot. So I know it's like a little annoying to, to look at. The team is aware of that because it's only like a showdown specific thing. Our team stacks treat teams the same for showdown and classic. So it just requires like a little rework there, something that the team has on the log to fix. But I mean, you know, if we come in here, we're seeing four, one Chicago, four, one Chicago, four, one Chicago, uh, I see, I see Aaron is here right now. I kept going higher because it was always spitting out five, one Washington, LOL. Uh, Aaron, not really sure why you were seeing that to be honest. You know, what we're seeing right now is probably what you should see, which is like every single stack for Chicago and one Washington got a couple where two Washington guys sneak in here. I think this is what you should be seeing if you're having issues where something just doesn't look right, I would do a hard refresh and just like go to the home screen and make sure that you have the latest projections. You can either like close out of the app and log back in. We can control shift R and see, make sure like everything is, is do a hard refresh and make sure it's all up to date. So not really sure why you were seeing that everything does look okay right now, but I would say if something feels off, I would do like a shutdown and then try and come back to it. But, uh, so it sounds like you're having like a little issues there with all of the Washington stacks. I would say, you know, make sure like all of your team stack options are, are zeroed out. It sounds like they probably were, but, um, you know, everything looks okay right now. So I hope it works right for you next time without any hiccups, but we're going to, we're going to keep moving. Got a lot of questions to get through and uh, you, you are welcome, Aaron. So happy to talk about it. So moving on to the next question from Chris, we're going to get to everything today, probably a little long stream because we had Max on, but happy to talk through everything. So Chris said, NHL late swap when performing a full late swap on a single entry lineup. Will it always look to change the lineup in some way, even if the original is technically superior based on projected score, ownership, and correlation, or will it remain unchanged if the late swap simulation deems it to still be the best lineup? Basically trying to understand if there is value in late swapping after lock with each new simulation run. So Chris, really good question. What I will say is that in in my experience, the more players, the more player spots that haven't locked, because we're randomly sampling the sim pool. It's likely you're going to get new simulations where different players are more optimal than the previous players that you had. Just because we're random sam- sampling it, it might not even be because the sims had like news that was like really really impactful so i'd say if you're like playing single entry playing only a handful of lineups and you're really comfortable with the lineups that you're playing if you see new sims run but you don't see news that looks like slate breaking or relevant or guys aren't scratched it's just probably like the final sim running based on the starting lineups being out i think it's okay not to late swap i think that you probably if 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 saber sim runs a late swap it's not gonna always change it just to change it if you if saber sim runs a late swap and agrees with the players that are already in your lineup they will stay I'm just saying that it's probably unlikely the more empty slots you have just based on the random sampling that goes on so I would just like remember that and if you're just very particular about the players that you want in a lineup, especially like, okay. Okay. So, so for basketball, I know we're talking about NHL, but I'm i I'm a basketball guy. So the way I like to think about it is that if they're like high owned players, like Jokic, for example, plays in Denver, usually second half of a slate, a lot of Sims run in between, you're doing a lot of late swapping. What I would like to do or what I would suggest is setting a min exposure to Jokic. That way, you know, you're telling the builder like, Hey, regardless of what the late swap says, like I want so much of this player. And I usually try and target like the higher salary, higher projected players and let Saber Sim deal with all of like the in between or like the lower guys. But I just like, I tell Saber Sim, like, I know I want this guy. I think it's okay. And I recommend setting min exposures in the home screen before late swapping. So Saber Sim has that input. So, you know, Just going back to your question, if SaberSim thinks like the players that are already in your lineup are the best players, they will still be in your lineup after the late swap. If SaberSim randomly samples the sims and thinks that other players are optimal, more optimal, they will insert those players into your late swap. So that's how to think about it. Let me know if you have any follow up there. All right, moving on to a question from Joe Mayo and joe said if using geometric mean for mma to trim off the overly duped lineups what is a solid number of duplicates to shoot for okay so i don't want to get into like a full blown math lesson here but i will say that you know jordan and i talked extensively about geo mean and its use on per, on um, limiting duplication in lineups and exactly how that works so what i'm going to do because this was like a 30 minute segment and i don't want to get into another 30 minute segment on the topic but i would go watch this video dfs q a product ownership and geometric mean jordan was on right at the beginning we went through geo mean and product ownership very very thoroughly jordan has equations in a word doc and formulas. And he's he articulated it very very well. So go check this video out. And then if you have more questions, come back with them. I would you know short too long didn't read. Answer to your question is that go get the formula that he put in there. Put the number of dupes that you want to quote unquote shoot for, and then the G, it'll spit out a geo mean. And then you plug that into SaberSim. I think what we suggested was using the geo mean more as a guardrail than a number to shoot for. Say to to rather say, you know, instead of like, okay, I want all under ten dupes, and so then you set your geo mean to whatever that value is. Better to use it like, hey, I don't want more than fifty dupes, for example, and then set your geo mean to that number instead, so you know you're not going outside of that boundary. But that's a too long. Didn't read version. I would definitely check that video out because Jordan and I went into a lot of depth and I thought it was just a very insightful conversation from uh, from start to finish. So check that out. We're going to get Saberson pulled back up here and we are going to move on to the next question. And this question is from Old Ed B. And Ed said... I am a small DK season long. I am in a small DK season long league and have had great success with lineups that are either QB plus zero or QB plus one. I don't want any runbacks. And the only secondary correlation is secondary one one. Is SS capable of giving me a pool of lineups that fit that criteria? I can't get it to work no matter what I try. So, Ed, we can definitely do this and I will show you exactly how it's done. So, let me hover over to dk and this is mostly going to be done in the stack types so if you go to stack types what i would do since you only want a couple i would just uncheck them all so uncheck them all scroll down here you said you only want qb plus one so we're going to check that one back in and then we're going to go qb plus zero and you don't want any runbacks so no qb stack qb plus one and then we're going to go over to the secondary tab uncheck all of them and then we're going to check in secondary one one if you check in these three things this should give you what you're looking for so i'm going to make two quick adjustments here and then we're going to run just like 100 lineups to see what this looks like so show me 100 lineups and they should follow all of these rules that we just put in because we're telling the builder this is the only things you can use so it's a little restrictive, but it should work overall. And the lineups might just take a little bit to build because we're we're limiting the builders so much on possible outcomes. Another reason why I only build a handful of lineups, I think if you're playing in you know a home league, you're probably not playing very many lineups. So I, I couldn't imagine you need this many to begin with. But let's just check out these 31 that we built. We'll check our stack types. Boom, QB plus one. No QB stack, and then secondary 1 1 only. So that's how you go about doing that. And you shouldn't have any issues if you follow our tutorial right now. So hopefully you can accomplish that and continue to smash in your home league. So I'm going to check all these back in before I forget and say what is wrong with all of my builds. But next question from Joe Baby Blue in Discord. And the question is Saber score Does Saber sim change for lineups based on your exposures, sliders, etc.? Will my number one lineup 100 Saber sim in a build with specific player exposures, say Allen, Diggs locked in, still be a 100 in another build where I do not lock in Allen and Diggs? Will a lineup that is a 98.7 Saber score in one build still be a 98.7 in another build? So, good question here, Joe. What I will say is that Saber score does not look at multiple builds. Saber score is relative to a single build and it is standardized to 100. So if you build 500 lineups, one lineup is going to be ranked 100 and then they're all going to be sorted descending from there if you run another build sabersim will not look at the previous builds you ran and is only comparing the lineups that are built in a given build to each other and ranking them from there so there's no cross build examination ever going on so that's the best way to think about it i know shady advice commented and said something very similar to that so i hope that answers your question and let us know if you have any follow-up All right, next question here from Mecca Polzilla. I hope I didn't butcher that. Question is, what are the important things to consider when choosing what GPPs to enter and what single entry GPPs fit those guidelines? Thanks. So great question. Happy to answer this one. What I am going to point you in the direction of is our DFS profit plan. There will be no too long didn't read on this one because the conversation is a, it's a short video and Jordan does a great job of breaking it down. So, you know, our uh, data scientists did some contest research and came up with what we call the DFS profit plan, start winning more with our DFS profit plan. It's essentially creating a portfolio of contests that help you smooth out your variance over time while searching for those big wins that give you those big bankroll increases. I would highly recommend checking out this video. Just as if I had to give you one piece of advice, I would say stay under the $3 threshold on DraftKings and FanDuel. They have limits to what players who are quote unquote sharks or sharps can play and they usually they cannot play contests under the three dollar threshold for for the most part so check out this video jordan goes into more detail on exactly what i was just talking about but i would start there and make sure to fill up as many contests under three dollars across sites as you can that would be the best advice so the number one thing is always finding the best contests to play so great question and happy you are thinking about contest selection before anything else so really important there all right next question from larson is there a difference in multiplier strategy between 3x and 5x games i find that i'm just under the pay line repeatedly when just using the standard multiplier build settings and often my cash line outperforms it also does late swap also create a new lineup should we always late swap between the early and late games on the main slate, or if you are winning in cash, just leave it since you aren't worried about ownership percent? Same question for GPPs. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna tackle like the cash side, and then we're gonna tackle the GPP side. So let's talk about like our multipliers, which you mentioned first. So going back to this multiplier part, I would say there's not a big difference between. Oh, let me go back to SaberSim. I I would say you should probably treat your three X and five X multipliers the same. I don't know where the like percentile line is for caching. I think if you're concerned about it, you know, you could definitely experiment with like, okay, what are my multiplier settings? And know if you if you're getting better results in your cache settings i think you can try that if you want i don't think there's anything wrong with experimenting you could even try like some some low level gpp slider builds and and see how those work so you know when you get into that like five x territory you know the, the the higher the x is the the closer you're moving toward gpps in in my opinion so i'm i'm more comfortable like switching over to like some gpp settings at some point there if you're wanting to try something different i think you know the multiplier settings are there to be used so i would definitely start there first if you're looking to try something different you can experiment there if you if you think you're going to have more success with your cash lineups i i wouldn't think twice about giving it a shot and just continuing to trial and error, refine your process, adjust week after week. I think that's what leads to being a good DFS player in general. I think it takes a lot of time. So I would encourage you to set aside like a portion of contests or one or two contests and try these theories in practice and see how they work before applying it to your entire contest portfolio. So moving on to the second question about late swap. I think that, there is a opportunity or an edge to be had by capitalizing on late swap, especially in football where there's just like one big late swap opportunity. I think a lot of casual fans are setting their lineups in the morning and then going out for the day, watching the games, barbecue, uh, going downtown, having, having a drink and and not really paying attention to, to adjusting their lineups the rest of the day, unless they have a player out, but I think that, you know, being aware of inactives and more so understanding how your lineups are doing throughout the day and late swapping based on that specifically, like the way you are doing in the standings, like are did all the chalk hit? Were you on the chalk? Did your lone stands hit already? Should should I try and get more projected points into my lineups? I think. Those are the questions you should be thinking about as the afternoon afternoon games approach. And I think there is edge to be had there because I don't think a lot of people are taking the time to look at look at those things, look at ownership. How did ownership fall? Did some guys come in less owned? Does that mean other guys in the afternoons are going to be more owned? Should I make some manual adjustments to ownership and late swap from there? So I think that there is a opportunity to be had with late swapping in the afternoon games. And I would encourage you to to give it a shot if you have the time. Okay. Question here from Sammy. And the question says, let's look here and I see questions coming in in YouTube chat guys. We're going to get to everything. I promise you that. So HC, I see a question from you. So a question from John. So we will definitely hit all of these questions and we are going to block some spam in the chat really quickly before we get going so okay hey andrew a showdown stack rule question i've noticed under stack rules advanced you can use determine some number from numbers from captain and slash or flex what seems to be the best way to use as per example pairing and the pairing is captain wide receiver with his quarterback is that possible thanks so sammy Good question. Let's hover over to a showdown slate. We will just use the upcoming showdown. We got Dallas and Philly should be a pretty good game the way these two teams have been playing. So let's hover over here. Okay. It seems like it's two questions in one. The first thing I'm going to do is show you how to always pair your captain wide receiver with his quarterback. So what I would do is I would say use a group rule use a manual rule. And then you say, if X player, which is going to be our captain wide receiver. So we'll say AJ Brown. If we use AJ Brown, then use at least one. And we're just going to leave it as at least. And we're going to put Jalen hurts flex here. So then if you were to save this rule, every time you had AJ Brown captain, you're always going to have Jalen hurts in the flex spot. So that's how you use that rule. The second part That you were talking about where i believe if you go to stack and you go to advanced so okay a showdown stack rule yes so i i'm almost thinking you're thinking a automatic group rule because it sounds like What you're talking about are like the numbers underneath, which are these stat requirements. Let me know if I'm wrong there, but I'm going to assume you're asking about the stat requirements. So if you're asking about stat requirements, what you can do is say, you know, use at least one. And then it'll be, if we wanted to make a rule, like for the flex, one flex player whose ownership is less than, I don't know, what's a good value? We'll say less than 20, less than 20% here. You can add this rule that way every lineup has a player that is less than 20% owned. And you might be using this to combat duplication, try and get some more uniques uh, or a little more unique than the field is. So, you know, stat requirements allow you to look at, you can look at salary, you can look at projection, you can look at ownership, you can look at all kinds of different things and make a determination of and like you're essentially grouping players it's like a quicker way of grouping players together and telling the builder like i want x amount of these players in this group so i think that's like the best way to think about it let me know if i missed anything there and we are going to move on to larson's next question so larson asked should i have a default stacking rule for tournaments but leave the rule unchecked during cash builds i followed up with larson asking what he was playing with this question in mind. And he said, NFL, FanDuel, single entry, GPPs, main slates, and some cash games. So, Larson, I think, like, you know, we kind of talked about it already, but I wanted to touch on it for everybody. I would say, generally, the answer should be yes. If you're using a rule for tournaments, you should, like, think about your tournaments completely separate from your cash games. I know, like, this is something that, that i do is when i'm building like my diversifiers i'll put in a rule saying like no more like i don't want a qb paired with his defense ever but if i'm playing like those more single entry types i'm okay allowing some of those things in there so i think that as you play more tournaments you got to get like a little more uh how do i say it like different kind of out there and then when you're playing like Some of these cash games i think it's better to just let the builder pack in as many mean points as possible regardless of some of these heuristics or or some of these like rules that we tend to use in gpps so i think like the answer to your question is yes i would personally leave a default stacking rule unchecked for cash and let the builder just pack in as many projected points as possible given the stack combination so those are my thoughts there hope i answer your question And with that being said, we are all through with Discord. Going to hop over to YouTube chat. But before we do that, I do have one question that came in via support that I want to get to before I forget. So let's get this question in from support. And the question says, hold on. All righty. I was just wondering when building NHL lineups using stacks, if there's a way to avoid better projected teams clumping together. For example, in a FanDuel test tonight, I ran a 20 lineup build, 500 lineups total, and ended up with 85% Vegas, as I did not want to have that much exposure to Vegas. I went into a team stacks tab and reduced it to a max of 30%. The builder did as I requested, but then I found my first four or five lineups of the twenty, were combinations of Vegas and flame stacks. Is there a better way to spread things around? I wasn't sure if using a unique player of three or four would help this a bit more. Okay, good question here. We're gonna move over to hockey, where this question was asked. So we're talking about NHL on Fanduel, and right off the bat, what I would say is, you know, okay, first and foremost. There's only four games. If you're building for this game, you know, I think that you got to be a little more accepting of some of these stacks on slates where there are less games to start with. But if that's not your thing and you want to be really, really spread out, you can totally do that. So it sounds like you did the first part right, which was come in here and lower your exposure to the team that you wanted to lower exposure to. I think that you maybe you don't know about this awesome feature we have, but if you hit this arrow over here next to a certain team, you can control the amount of pairings with another team. So if you say, you know what, I just don't want that much lightning with my Carolina stack, with with Carolina, and so I want to decrease the potential of this combination coming up to 25%. And you can come in here you can do that for as many teams as you want. You can, if you know, if it's not Tampa Bay, it's another team. And you come in here and you adjust the exposures to Detroit plus Carolina and go about and then run another build. So I think if that's something that you're seeing that you don't like, this is the best way to handle it. But I would encourage you to like take a step back. You know, if you already decreased the exposure of that team to like 30% and ran a new build. I don't think four to five lineups is that many. I mean, it's like 20 to 25%. So, you know, maybe like on like a short slate like this, if this is what the question was for, maybe it was for yesterday's 10 game and I'm, and I'm completely off, but I would say that, you know, SaberSim is giving you those stacks for a reason. They're probably like the highest expected value lineups that, that it can find. I mean, I could tell you, like, I know they're probably the highest expected value because they're ranked that high in your in your build. So I would like ask yourself, you know, what your what is making you uncomfortable about that and then if you want to get more diverse, you can totally come in here and manage it from this screen. So that's how you do that. We'll make sure to get this recording over to you from support. I'll send it over to support once we are done. But now that we've gotten through all of the discord and support questions, we're going to hop back to YouTube chat. There were a lot of questions that came in, while and a lot of comments on um, Max Max's win, which is just just great to see. So let me see if I could scroll through here and find any questions. Okay, so the first question was from John: Is there a plan to release full NHL projections instead of just DFS projection totals? For example, play shots on goal, ice time, goals. Okay. So it looks like this question is referring to the stats that you see for other sports. So, John, my understanding is yes, like sim stats or stats from the sim outputs, like the summary totals that you see, like for football with like rushing yards, passing yards, etc. My understanding is that that stuff is going to be coming into the app at some point. We're making a big push on some other projects that we got going on behind the scenes. I know you guys got a sneak peek at the pro plan with Max on. So stay tuned there. It has been like requested in the community a lot. It is something we want to get in the app for everyone to see. So that is coming down the line. I can't promise exactly when, but it is on the list of our things to get to. So stay tuned there. We would like to provide that information to you guys the way we do for other sports. Next question from H.C. Andrew, can you go over FanDuel file entries for contests? I'm having issues after trying to fill a second contest. Okay, H.C., I saw a similar request come in through support. We were talking about it behind the scenes. The team was. I don't know if it was you because I don't recognize your username in on YouTube versus your support email, but um, what I would say is reach out to support. They're going to ask you to provide the contest CSV so we can test it on our end and see what's going on. Is if we feel like if it were an issue, it'd be probably like a Fandle issue, but there is a chance that, you know, we're not reading the entries file correctly. So I would write an email to sabers support at sabersim.com, tell them you are having this issue, attach the CSV, and just give them some context about what slate, what date, things like that. And that'll help us troubleshoot the problem. So reach out to support. Please provide the CSV so we can troubleshoot that better. All right. Question from Manny. Great win for Max. However, the Saber Sim you guys, the team has been using is the one with steroids. When is the pro plant when is the pro version going to be ready for the Mortals? And how much more are we looking at? Okay, Manny. So good question here. I'd say that, you know, there are still hiccups with some of the features like max was trying to use the custom metrics and it was not working correctly, which are like some of like the final touches that the team is putting on before releasing it. I don't know how much it's going to cost. I know it's going to be more than the advanced plan. I can tell you that I'll, I, I'll say like fingers crossed really, really soon. Everybody, can't give away too many spoilers but i can tell you like there are still issues with it which is why it's not out yet and uh, i think that you know we're a lot more comfortable dealing with those headaches internally rather than giving people a product that is you know 75 percent complete so really close there and you guys will have access to it soon it'll be worth the wait i can promise you that all right um you know similar question for manny on the pro plan said said thanks Okay. HG said it was definitely him who was having the issue. So um, HG, I know like Jordan and and some of the other people on the sport team are aware of that issue. Um, so if you could just get that info to them, we can get all of that hammered out. But that being said, everybody, it was a great stream. Always awesome having Max on and just breaking down his, his Millie winning lineup. I hope that Somebody else could take down a milli this week. I'm gonna try and speak it into existence for a second time so we could come back on Monday, have another guest, talk about their winning lineup. Glad to see Saber Sim having uh success. Shout out to Dominator taking down 90k on FanDuel. A three-way chop on FanDuel is an awesome feat in and of itself. I know some other people won, had some wins. So just you know, really good time to be part of Saber Sim. If you're not part of Saber Sim. There's a link below to a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial. Get in before the weekend, play some hockey, play some NFL main slates, play some NFL showdowns, and see what all the action's about. If you're not a member of our Discord, there's a link to join the Discord below. And until then, guys, I will see you next week.